Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Billy Sapno and Mike Axford, reporter, sat in the living room of Britt's apartment having after-dinner coffee, which Cato was serving as they listened to Don Dunlow, well-known radio commentator. In the black market meat situation, it's fast becoming a vast business that's helping to undermine the economic structure of our country. I promised you, my listeners, that I track down those in this city who are responsible for the steady influx of black market meat. By broadcast time tomorrow night, I hope to be able to point a finger at least one of the top men in this nefarious business. In spite of the fact that just before I went on the air tonight, I received a warning, a printed unsigned note, to lay off or else. Good night. You have been listening to Don Dunlow, your city news. Shut it off, kiddo. Say no. Dunlow sure has got a lot of nerve, don't he, Reed? In spite of a warning he got, he's going to keep on after them black market guys. You ought to get the cops to give him a bodyguard. That's what I think. I understand he refuses to have a bodyguard. wonder just what it is he has on the black market operators. Say, maybe if I get to see Dunlow tomorrow before his broadcast... I can get him to give me the dope so as we can put out an extra right after he goes on the air. Well, Dunlow never gives any tips to newspapers, Axford. If you did get anything out of him, you'd be the first who ever did. Well, it won't hurt to try, will it? Well, go right ahead. In fact, if you do get any worthwhile information from Dunlow, I'll give you a bonus. Time, Don Dunlow, the radio commentator, left the radio station and walked to his car, which was parked in the station's private parking lot nearby. Oh, uh, Mr. Dunlow. Yes? What is it? I have a message for you. Message for me? What is it? Just this. Wise guy. What do you think, Axford? Gunnigan. Yeah, what do you want, Chief? Reserve space on the editorial page for a hot editorial on the black market meat racket. I want it to go in the next edition. I'll get it down to you in a half an hour. Okay, Chief. Looks like they ain't going to stop at anything to keep people from interfering with their racket, Chief. Yes, Gunnigan. But for once, the Daily Sentinel will keep the issue alive until the racket is broken and the gang rounded up. They've gone too far this time. And up to now, the cops ain't got a single lead that'll tell them who's behind the racket or who committed that murder. The killers will turn up eventually. And until they do, as I said before, the Daily Sentinel will not let this matter drop. You can bet on that. In a small but well-furnished apartment on the west side of the city... A flashily dressed man with close-set eyes and thin lips sat behind a desk listening while his husky, rough-looking visitor talked. I gotta admit, Fleetwood, that you know your stuff. Guys I went to out in the country were all willing to sell when they saw the cash. 
Rounded up enough beef and pork to make another truckload just by going to the places you sent me. Of course, Shelly. I knew you would. Yeah, it's a funny thing. When I first met up with you, I had my doubts. You being so fat and all, I didn't think you'd be smart enough. You're not here to discuss my physical propensities, Shelly. Get on with your report. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, I got enough for another truckload. Tomorrow night, Dave and I will go out and pick the stuff up. Very good. You can make delivery to the same place you took the last load. Okay, boss. Uh, cops are putting up quite a holler about Dun Dunlow being bumped off last night. Dunlow's untimely death is most regrettable. He was, unfortunately, my favorite radio commentator. Well, you mean you're sorry you had to get rid of him? I don't get it. You yourself told Dave to be sure. I know, Dunlow I know, Charlie, I know. There's no need to repeat the details. Dunlow precipitated his sudden demise by his uncompromising attitude toward the enterprise by which we make our livelihood. He did? Well, what do you know? I've already got bumped off for being too nosy. Jelly, your crude expressions are a manifestation of a shallow mind. I always regret the passing of a clever mind, especially when I instigate the act. Yeah, sure. Now what? Oh, that's Dave. Let him in. Yeah, sure. Hi, Dave. Come on in. There's something here in the paper for the boss to see. Don't move like a somnambulist. Give it to me. Uh, I thought you meant anything by that. Oh, forget it, Dave. <laughs> it ain't an insult. You don't understand what somebody says to you anyway. Look there on the editorial page, Fleetwood. Dave, someday your insolence will be your downfall. What is it you want me to read? Right there. See? What's it say, boss? The heading says, Black Market... And murder. Yeah, but read the rest of it. It stands to reason those responsible for the recent influx of black market meat are also responsible for the murder of Don Dunlow, the radio commentator, whose untiring efforts were directed toward finding evidence that would lead to and convict the vicious racketeers who are taking advantage of the present shortage of necessary commodities. The well-concealed but effective method of operation indicates that those bringing in black market meat are directed by one who is cold calculating and extremely clever. <laughs> if they concentrate upon finding him, the police will find the one who instigated Dunlow's murder. The black market meat racket will be broken. There's more. But that gives you the idea, Charlie. Yeah. And as for me, I don't like what the guy who wrote that says. The editorial is signed by the three publisher of the Daily Center. Ah, uh, he's just blown off to his head. Yeah, could be. Them newspapers have to have something to write about. <laughs> well, we gave him something last night. I guess maybe that Reed guy ain't no dope, though. You are correct in your assumption. I'd say he shows a great deal of sagacity. Yeah? What's that? Sagacity unites penetrating keenness with judicious foresight. To the end that one possessing sagacity seems sometimes uncannily prescient. Well, I love him, Mike Fleetwood. Well, you can't do it, Lingo Dave. This Reed is a wise guy with a lot of foresight, which makes him a dangerous man to deal with. Ah, oh, what harm can he do us by writing stuff like that in the center? If he continues his editorials, he'll arouse the police to concentrate on our meat racket to the exclusion of all others. And I resent his imputation directed toward me as head of the racket. You mean it makes you sore, huh? Yes, you snaffle-headed nickapoop. What do you think I meant? The only time you talk sense is when you get sore. So I'll overlook the name calling. If he makes you sore, why don't you do something about it? Don't tell me what to do, you uncouth ape. 
Kelly. Give me the pension paper. Sure, boss. What are you going to do? I'm going to send a warning to a man who's cleverness I respect, but whose interference I resent. This time, a printed warning goes to Mr. Petrieet of the Daily Center. Reed was going over the morning mail with his secretary, Lenore Case. Well, this is another letter to the editor about the housing situation, Mr. Reed. Mm-hmm. Well, send it to Gunnick in this case. Yes, sir. Oh. Well, what's the trouble? This is a printed note. It's a warning. It was addressed to you personally. Well, let me see it. This is your only warning. Lay off the editorials on a meat business, or you'll regret it. Remember Dunlow. It's from the same ones who killed Dunlow. That's right. Well, what are you going to do, Mr. Reed? I'll show you right now. What do you want, Chief? Gunnigan, be ready to put a boxed editorial in the center of the front page of the next edition. I'll get it down to you shortly. Okay, Chief. Anything else? Not now. Oh, but Mr. Reed, if you do that, then... Get Inspector Evans on the telephone. Yes, sir. Maybe before we're through, those killers will realize they can't try to intimidate a newspaper publisher and get away with it. We won't give up until they've been caught once and for all. It was early afternoon when a man known as Charlie entered Fleetwood's apartment carrying a copy of the Daily Sentinel. Hey, boss, he did it again. Right on the front page. Look here. They yeah, should have known he would. This editorial is even stronger than the last one. Mr. Reed's importunity leaves no alternative but to carry out our threat, Charlie. You mean Dave and me should go lay for him and give him the work? Don't be impetuous, my friend. Your suggestion is impractical. Now listen, boss, this ain't no time for playing with big words. Your idea won't work. You understand that? Well, why not? It worked with Dunlow. He did. Reed will be expecting something to happen. Police will be watching near the center building. And near his home. Oh, I didn't think. You couldn't think. Yeah. Well, either way, it means the same thing, I guess. What do we do then? We look like a lot of bums if we let him get away with them editorials now. I doubt if you and Dave could improve your appearance that much. Both of you can go about your business. I'll take care of the three case. You? All by yourself? Yes, all by myself. All 300 cursed pounds of me. Now, get out. You bore me with your drivel. Okay, boss. Me and Dave will see you here tonight. Implicable thought. <laughs> yeah, hey, Come on. Come. Now, let me think. I must devise a plan to see Petrie in his own office. <laughs> Give me the cleanest that plays it. So am I much more clever than he. He'll manage somehow to get Reed to this apartment tonight. And I've got to get him here. Alone. It was almost dusk. Rick Reed was in his office talking to Mike Axford when Miss Case entered. Mr. Reed. 
I'll go with you to get that evidence right now. Get away now. 
So you're the great Mr. Reed, eh? So what? You'll find out so what when the boss gets back. <laughs> hey, Charlie, listen. Somebody's sure leaning on the door, but Hey, uh, wait a minute. We like to set these knots, see these tight, tight enough. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we'll see who the dope is before he wears the buzz around. on the first floor. I run around quick to window. I untie you now. Did you bring the hornet disguise? Yes. We leave in hurry. Now we've got a job to do. How you get captured? I didn't, really. I came out here in my own volition. Why you do that? I knew the man who sent me that, that warning note was clever. I expected the trick. When he came to my office posing as a detective, I suspected him. He described himself a little too freely. There. You're free now. Well, let's go. We'll get the two men who are in the other room before the boss gets back. We'll go through the window and in the front door. In the living room of the apartment, Charlie and Dave were discussing the incident of the door buzzer. Who do you think could have stuck that pin there in that buzzer, John? Ah, uh, maybe some dopey drunk passing through the hallway. Guess he thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Boss sure made a quick trip. <laughs> I guess he wanted to get back to get rid of Reed. Don't make a move, Munch. You're covered. Holy mackerel, who's that guy? He's a green horrified. And I don't like folks to move him on my rock. Gun him down, Charlie. Show him. Oh, no, you won't. Hey, you knocked him out with that chair. Don't need a chair for you, don't worry. If I can get my rod, I'll try a little gas, buddy. You must need help. Now what we do? Get the papers out of that desk. I'll put them in my pocket. Then tie me up again and put me on the bed. After that, call the police. Tell them to come here and close in on Fleetwood. Hurry. Then stay in your van by in case I need you. It was half an hour later when Fleetwood entered the apartment. That's it. Charlie, what happened? Who's that cold? Read my ship. Shields on the forehead. Green hundred shields. Gone. Every last scrap of paper gone. What's happening? Tell me, you fool. That tip your paper got about the heart of us on the level. Fortunately, I can still sell my score with you, my friend. This gun I have carries the silencer. This is a very propitious time to use it. Drop that gun on your own. Please. They won't help you. I shoot him. All right. Take him away, boys. Put him for captured murder. Liberate the armistice. Are you okay? I'm all right. But I don't like being trussed up like a chicken. I have you no sooner to be. We got a tip that we find the Black Market gang here, Mr. Reed. But we didn't expect to find you here. That's the same fat guy Reed left the office with a while ago. There. Yes. He's the leader of the gang. He sent me that note. Then came to the office and persuaded me to believe he was a detective working on the case. Hey, sir. Those two we found lying in the other room have hornet seals stuck on them. Then the hornet's been here. Yes, he was, Sergeant. In fact, he stuck some papers in my pocket. These. Yeah. Where? Say now. Well, this is evidence against Fleetwood. I guess the hornet recognized you and thought to tie you in with the gang. <laughs> Ain't that something? You mean to say, Reed, the green hornet was in this room and got close enough to stick them papers in your pocket? It was the hornet's own hand that put the papers in my pocket, Axford. What? 
Holy crow. Oh, oh. <laughs>